0: Hey everybody, this is Larry Little and you're listening to Crossing the Line, a podcast where we talk with leaders who challenge us to cross the line from leading with our head to leading with our heart, and then from leading with our heart to leading with our head. And I gotta tell you, you are in for a treat today. Uh, we, we had part two today of our interview with uh, Dr. Yvette Rice. Now, uh, Dr. Yvette is amazingly brilliant. She has, of course, her doctorate and a couple of master's degrees, and I don't know what all, but, but more importantly than that, uh, she has an incredible heart for people and for leading. She has made it in this world by giving herself to others. And she talks to us today about how she navigated those waters of, of becoming a, a leader as an African-American woman and and really working through that that finding worth and, and, and value in who she is. She is an amazing person who, instead of, of uh leading and looking at bitterness and that kind of thing in her life no she's looking for opportunities and she's led at some very high levels and some amazing projects she's an engineer she's she's worked on multi-million dollar uh projects but also uh she she just is a woman of faith and so she's leads in her church and she leads in her community uh she is someone who has garnered incredible uh, trust of those that follow her. She's written, uh, I think, seven books, and so that, that's amazing in and of itself. But this, this podcast, this interview, we were just visiting like two friends, and, and I learned so much, and you're going to learn a lot. So I'll hush so you can hear from Dr. Yvette. It's a fun, a powerful conversation. Let's jump into it right now. Well, Yvette, it is time for part two. I'm so excited about this. Thank you for coming back. We, we just, we didn't get enough of you the first time. We didn't, we didn't get enough. What a wonderful story, a legacy that that you shared with us. Beautiful heritage, beautiful story. And, uh, and now you've agreed to come back and, and talk to us a little bit more. Welcome back.
1: Thank you so much, Larry. I enjoyed it so much. I talked about our time together with so many people and mm-hmm. how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a pleasure it is just to sit down and talk about leadership with you. Cool. It is, it's, you know, you're a phenomenal leader mm-hmm. and you, you know, your writings and your books express that so I just it's a pleasure to be here with you today and thank you for inviting me back
0: well thank you and thank you for saying that I hope my wife is listening to this podcast
1: <laughs> do, I, do I need to send her an email right. text would you mind just okay. say that
0: again to I, her I will I will <laughs> oh I bet you, you are um, an, an accomplished and established uh, uh, woman leader who has already made such an impact Let, let's go back and talk about that if you will okay. I, I want to ask you about some things you're doing now we'll get there but let's go back in your professional life when you first started. Now you're, you know, last time we kind of walked up to the point mm-hmm. of your to, to the professional part of your life. Kind of pick us up right there and, and tell us what happened and where you were and what what did you l- learn from this season of your life, this professional season.
1: So. Um I don't know if I shared that I actually like well, I graduated in engineering, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. where I my career started. And um, when I had our second child, I left the engineering field, mm. and. And it's funny because the CAD system, computer-aided design was just coming in. I was uh, working for the Army Missile Command. Uh, that was the title at the time. But I felt a pulling to go home. Uh, I was traveling a lot. I had just had a second child. And um, mm-hmm. that's when the leadership part kicked in. Okay. Um, while I was home, I uh, started helping my husband uh, with ministry work and uh, while I was taking care of my children. And I started writing a book on faith at the time, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. But of course, if you leave an engineering salary and go home and become a full-time <laughs> mom, you need a lot of faith. Right.
0: <laughs> this Isn't that the truth?
1: So so in that process and over um, several years, it ended up, um, where my husband was became a senior pastor, and we had started our ministry, and we needed some training for leaders. And uh, as far as within our congregation, but we needed it to bring in a cultural perspective and a biblical perspective.
0: Notice she's doing what all great leaders do. There was a need. And she stepped up and said, "There's a leadership need here in these areas, and and I'm going to meet that need. That's a sign of a really strong leader."
1: That was important because when it came to to some congregations and especially in in some African American communities at the time, it was of course was ten years ago. Long, well, actually longer than that. I'm aging myself, but that wasn't a big push. So we had to make sure we made it. Um, culturally inviting and um, with strong biblical principles but a way that we could develop leaders not just for a professional or for the church but that they could use in their professional life.
0: So let me ask you a question. You are a professional. You're an Mm -hmm. engineer. Okay? Working out at the uh, defense. Right. um, DoD. And then you come home to really go in ministry, to go into ministry with your husband, Right. Is that right? Well, actually, I
1: came home to take care of our kids. Oh, came the home ministry to take... part wasn't even full blown yet. That really? happened along the way. All right. I, th- I, I say it all the time, I feel like God tricked me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. How did it feel to, to come from the professional setting, which mm-hmm. you had to work hard for, Yvette? Right. It was difficult for you to get. That didn't just happen. Right, right. You know, it was a challenge. It was a huge, huge challenge as an African-American woman to accomplish this. You know, You had obstacles. Others didn't have. A lot of people don't have. Right. And then you're going to give that up, quote, to come home. How, what happened psychologically with you during that transition, and how did you navigate that?
1: It was a push, and a, well, it was, a, it was a pull. And I, I, some people thought I had lost my mind. Actually, mm. I'm serious. They felt mm. like, why are you giving all of that up? And I had to come to the understanding of sometimes, and I walk, in the path of, of professionally and personally that we're going in we it looks like a detour to us but it's a straight path to where you're supposed to be
0: a straight path to where you're supposed to be and the takeaway here is whether she is in the professional setting or in the personal setting she's leading she's saying i'm going to go and meet these needs I'm going to go and, and and do what I think needs to be done because a leader is a leader, whether it's at home or whether it's at, at work. And really, in this case, uh, as as we all know, it's both.
1: And had I not stepped away and done that, I would have missed so much more that happened on the journey when it came to leadership development. When I went back into the marketplace when our children got older, mm. I had a time to reset. Mm. I had a time to understand what uh, women in the marketplace go through. That, you know, I didn't, and, and I had a time to, to actually experience what other mothers felt when they walked away. And when they decided to go back, the gap, and the, um, that we had to overcome to get back in the marketplace because when I went back out to some, I looked like a has-been wow. or my career was over. So, you know, and that's the way others treated me or looked at me. So during the time I was away, I learned how to develop my skills when it came to leadership. Mm. Um, I, uh, I started a little private small business uh, it, was, it had nothing to do with engineering, mm-hmm. but it kept me up on using the computer mm-hmm. and all of those things. So when I went back, it made it easier. But I'm telling you, there are times when you we have to, as women in the marketplace and um, mm-hmm. in the marketplace, we have to come to the place where we realize uh, if you don't know who you are,
0: mm-hmm. others won't. just Say it one more time for me. If
1: you don't know who you are, others won't.
0: Beautiful.
1: And something I had to learn through all of that was, I had to understand my value. And so many times, even because there there were times when people undervalued me because I walked away from my career. But I had to learn how to remind myself of my value. (laughs) Even, Even at home, or in the church, because if I didn't, mm. I would lose my identity mm-hmm. and of who who God really created me to be, and I couldn't see myself as a real leader until I
0: understood that. You know that makes so much sense. you it 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 the, your value, it, it 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 couldn't come from your job. It couldn't come from no. being an engineer. Or no. Could, no, no, no. Your value came from something much deeper than that. For who you were, whether you are playing the role of mom and investing in those treasures or whether you were on the professional setting, your value came from who you are, who God made you to be. Right. Absolutely. And that's the problem. I
1: think that happens a lot of time in the marketplace is we only see our value with a job, a profession, a title. Mm -hmm. And when that changes, um, we, that's that's depression, uh, anxiety, all of these things, all of these emotions kick in because, you know, you really weren't sure who you were. Mm-hmm. You you identified who you were with your surroundings and your environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had to come to the knowledge of, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. Right. Whether I'm at home taking care of my children, whether I was in the ministry with my husband, or I had an engineering title on me. Mm. And I think that that was the beginning of me understanding real leadership.
0: It's so true that, and you look at leaders like yourself and, and those who are effective at influencing others. And what you understand is that they are leaders regardless of the position or title that they hold, they're, they're influencers, because the first person we lead is ourselves. Absolutely. Right? And the hardest person to lead is ourselves. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Ooh, let me tell you. So there you are. You're at home now, you know. You're you're a, a mom. I want to take us back there, mm-hmm. and and what a incredibly important calling to, to go back right. and say I'm, I'm leading the most important thing then, that I can think of, my children. Right? right. I mean, these these are very important treasures. But a time came when that began to change. And you began to focus on ministry. Right. Through that.
1: I uh, as our children got older, and we started New Genesis Community Church. Um, then my husband needed my help. And I had actually accepted a call in the ministry. It was controversial because I was a woman. So there was another barrier um, that I had to cross. We grew up in a congregation that did not believe in women, women in, in ministry. the ministry. Oh wow. And okay. so I, you know, I kept feeling that call and that pull from God, and I'm saying, well, if if that's true, you need to tell my husband because uh, we've been taught that that's not real, you know, that that's that shouldn't be. That's right. So I would, um, my uh, my nephew um, used to tease me and say that I was bootleg ministering. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bootleg ministry.
1: because love. people they recognize the gift in me. Yeah. Even though I tried to suppress it, people would call and ask, "Can you come and speak? Um, are we want you to speak to our women?" And so it was. It, my husband was comfortable because it was with the women, and of course, you know that was more acceptable if the woman talked talk to, talk women. to women. Women, okay. All so right. it was more acceptable. But then I got an invitation to come at an eleven o'clock service. Mm. On a Sunday morning. Big church. Yes. Here we go. And that was a barrier that in my life I, I either had to choose to cross it yeah, and go in faith or, um, or suppress the gift that I was given.
0: Overcoming obstacles. It's what strong leaders do. Uh, they don't allow the obstacles to stop them from pursuing their vision and in this case, her call.
1: And so a lot of times uh, in life, we are forced to make the decision, am I going to do what's popular um, or am I going to do what I'm called and purpose to do? Mm. And as a leader, we have to make those decisions. That's right. And so I talked to my husband about it. He was like, "Mm," but he didn't stop me. Cause I think he was he was he knew he had to cross the line.
0: Come on, that's right. <laughs> that's good.
1: So he didn't stop me, but at the same time he wasn't comfortable with it because of what others would think. And that's another thing about leadership that I've learned during that period was that you have to not necessarily be comfortable with what's popular, but you have to be comfortable with what purpose and destiny and what's right.
0: That's right. Can be lonely though.
1: Oh, it is. It was very lonely for me during that period of time. It was very lonely for me. I remember one time I was pumping gas at a gas station, and a gentleman walked up to me. This was after you know I was openly in the ministry, and Mm -hmm. we were both leading together. And a gentleman walked up to me. He knew me from my past, and he said, "Um, "I heard what you're doing, and I don't believe in what you're doing." I mean, I'm we're pumping gas, and he's, you know, and I'm thinking, and I said, I think people don't believe there's a hell, but it is one. <laughs> and <laughs> I love that answer. I, I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't get so uh, angry or right. frustrated. I had been through that period with God, right. you know, where you're crying. I don't want to do this. I this because it's gonna cause too many controversies. But I look now. Think about. I wouldn't be sitting here with you probably if I had not been obedient. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's good.
1: Even though it came with with controversy and even though it was a challenge, mm-hmm. I had to reckon within myself that if I'm going to uh, fulfill my destiny, I cannot worry about necessarily what other people say. And I knew this. And all of I think everyone that's a leader needs to know this or realize this someone is waiting for you to step up to your leadership Mm, position
0: that's so good
1: the world is waiting there's someone in life that needs to um there's someone in life that needs you
0: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. and you can't be afraid to step into that role just because the world or other people don't agree with what you're supposed to be doing
0: so you did it. You spoke. You spoke at that service. Yes. And oh, off pe- you go.
1: Yes. And and amazingly, people gave their lives to Christ that day. I love it. Wow. I mean, people, he used you. He yeah, did. God used you. And I remember my grandmother, Mama Eunice, the one that he I shared. Did. She went with me. She never misses her service, but she went that day. And on the way home, she said, honey, and she grew up in the same congregate, you know, same denomination. She said, honey, you're going to have to do what God's telling you to do. She said, "I know that the people don't understand, but I saw what happened today, and there's a call on your life, and you just need to accept it." Ooh. what wisdom! It was. What it was wisdom. And so from that, we we started the ministry, the other the the new ministry together, and we developed a twelve month leadership. Uh, we well, actually a twelve month um school of ministry and we taught we wrote our own curriculum uh we used books that 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 were available but some curriculum we wrote ourselves um in fact that's the the curriculum the book on faith mountain Moving made easy that came about because of the school of ministry and i had written a workbook for it and that workbook actually changed and was transformed into a, a, a book
0: my goodness
1: so so from that the the leadership part and I realized okay this this works and our the ministers they were growing maturing other ministers in the congreg- in the uh, in the community here in North Alabama saw what was happening and they asked if their ministers could come. Mm. So we we allowed it and that is where that leadership launched happened. And after that was going forth, I I felt when my son turned 15, uh, I felt the Lord saying, it's time for you to go back into the marketplace. And I was like, why? I'm happy. I'm comfortable. I'm living, but I was living in a bubble.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And um, real leadership sometimes requires us to get outside of the bubble. it
0: does, doesn't it? To be uncomfortable.
1: It does, Mm -hmm. it does. And so, I, uh, I said, what am I supposed to do with a resume? I've got a 15-year gap. He said, no, look what all you accomplished during that time. He said, you've led, you worked with your husband, you left school to minister, you've written a book, wow. you know, you, you had your own business, so you did this. He said, look at all the volunteer work you did for the schools. Wow. So that led me back to become a program manager. You had
0: a resume full of stuff
1: you've been doing. I did, yeah. and you know, that's the thing that I think a lot of times is women. We skip or we overlook our accomplishments, yeah, so easily, that's right. And uh, what what opened my eyes was the woman in Proverbs, in proverbs thirty one. Mm-hmm. They talked you know, if you read that we've always grown up, they've talked about her being a homemaker and and that she cared for a family. But I started digging deeper into that scripture, and she was an entrepreneur. Mm. she she traded. Mm-hmm. And she did import and exports. Yep. She she took that profit and she bought a vineyard. She, she uh, was a seamstress. She was a clothes designer. That's, she sold. Wow. She was a mercantile. <laughs> and it said that she earned money for doing yes, it. Yes. It was not volunteer work. That's right. So that is when I realized, okay, there is a balance. And it's all right for a woman to want to take care of her family, but it's all right for her to go into the marketplace right. and be a business owner and an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a struggle back in the day when that I was going through that, yeah. that so many women had, and, and some still have.
0: Right, yeah, I, I agree, but you did it. I did it. Back in the marketplace you went, what'd you do?
1: I became a program manager for a multi-million dollar contract Mm. with a government contract. Now, how does that happen, Larry, when a woman (laughs) in engineering that has been out for 15 years now?
0: (laughs) My goodness.
1: And God opened the door, and there I am. Um, I was a contractor with, uh, for a, um, uh, I was with the Army Corps of Engineers. I was a contractor with a program they had with a computer system that was in-house built, and our contract was responsible for writing the help menus, for going and uh, traveling na- nationally and internationally to do training to teach the uh, end user how to use it. Now you can imagine what I was feeling like uh, from the bubble that I had right. going into the marketplace again. There's a 15-year gap in, in technology, <laughs> so a I had lifetime. It technology. is. <laughs> I, yeah. It is, and I had, so I had to learn this computer system, and then I had this team that wasn't quite, um, how can I say it? And, I was brought into a situation where the owner knew there was trouble. He didn't know much about me, but he felt like I could fix it.
0: My goodness.
1: With a team that didn't work well together, wasn't even speaking. Ooh.
0: And you parachuted into that.
1: Into the middle of that after being away from that environment for fifteen years and I was like, God, are you sure I'm supposed to be doing this? I mean What's the first thing you did?
0: What did you do when you got there?
1: So so the first thing I did was I started trying to get to know each individual. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't tell you the caveat. The former program manager, the government didn't want to fire her. So she was on my
0: team. The, the former,
1: the woman one. I replaced. Oh my goodness, was on was, your t- was on my team. Oh, and so God. the from my, originally my intro, the introduction was, oh, this is the lady that took my job. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, oh, oh God, is this a joke?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> really? Is this is this it? it
1: yes. And so I, I, I knew the that, that it's important for us to know those who labor among you. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I had to find what is the niche of each individual on this team? Mm. What are their strong points? What are their weak points? Because apparently some of them are functioning in their weaker points or weaker areas. And that's why we're behind on our job getting done. We're behind on the work that's required with the contract.
0: Well, it starts and stops with relationships, right? All good leadership begins and ends with relationships. She went into this team that was dysfunctional and started building relationships. It's a great reminder for us all.
1: So I started getting to know people, just conversation. Right. Um, finding out their likes and dislikes, right. trying to figure out why they didn't get alone. Right. And in the middle of that, you wouldn't believe this, but in the middle of that is when I met you. Really? Yes. <sighs> That's when I met you. I was trying, I said, you know, this is not working the way it is and we've got to come together as a team. And I heard about your first book.
0: Yeah, Make a Difference.
1: Make a Difference. <laughs> and so I read it. I, I wow. met you first at, a, it was an event in Decatur. Yeah, yes, I Years ago, yeah. I, I met you and I read your book on Make a Difference. Mm. And then I began to understand the personalities of each one of our team members. Oh, wow. And I realized that I had a monkey, I had a I had a lead. I mean, I had some lions, I had a turtle. You know, I had I had the whole. I had some the camel. And then we were working for a lion. Oh wow! So our client, the lead on the project, was a lion, which made it very difficult because I had some monkeys. I had some camels. I had some turtles, and they don't do well with lions. So that's right. Yeah. So so that that caused me to really look inside who I was as a leader, and that's where my growth really started to happen and change. I
0: love that you said that Yvette that that you grew from A struggle. Yeah, absolutely. I that just seems like I grow more. I don't like to even say it, but unfortunately, I guess I grow more when I struggle than sometimes I'd like to go. You know, God, I'd like to just grow from good times. Could we try that? But no, it doesn't
1: happen. Most growth comes from struggle. It does. Um, um, It resilience leads to brilliance. Mm. And so, so you have to, um, you have to uh, go through something to pull that greatness out of you. Otherwise, we all be much love monkeys having a good time, wouldn't we? That's
0: right, that's exactly right. And
1: and, and that's the way it is with even as leaders. I think sometimes we're given the teams that we're given as a challenge, not only to help them, but to mature
0: us. That's a great word, that's a great word. And you ran to the hard thing. That's what you did.
1: I did. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. The R and the new grit R. in your new book. That's the right. Style. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking that's about great. it, but yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> I Listen, anybody that's listening, you've got to get that book. It's uh, phenomenal.
0: You're so kind. Thank you. We're excited. We Just a quick... Cause for that. Right, it's called crossing the line, and and uh, you'll hear more about it hopefully in the days to come. And and we're launching that, and we're excited. And I want to thank you for reading it. But we're talking about one of the things in the book is called grit, and that all leaders it, need it. And the R in the grit is run to the hard things. And you did that. You were.
1: I had to run to the hard thing. In fact, for me, even taking that job was running to the hard thing. I just didn't know it at the time, right? Because of the situation I was in. But I learned to be a better leader because I think. I was not candid enough in some areas Mm -hmm. when it came to um, the way people worked Mm -hmm. and did their jobs. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in some areas I was, the lion in me came out, yeah. and I was overly forceful. And so, I—I I was reading your book. I actually uh, then I went through the John Maxwell uh, online training, trying yes, to to learn yes. about leadership. I was reading books from him, and the more I read, the more I realized that I, the more I didn't know when it came to leadership, mm-hmm. you know. You know, and you say this in your book, but I've been, this has been my motto forever. When I won't say forever, that'd be exaggerating. but as soon as I got in the workforce was, you have to be a lifelong learner. That's right. You cannot... Uh, we never get to the place no. where we have arrived. That's and anyone it. that thinks that they have arrived as a leader is misled.
0: That's right. That's right. They, they haven't arrived. No, they have um, not. And, you know, I always say that the day I stop learning, I hope and pray will be the day I take my last breath.
1: Absolutely. And then knowing you, you'd probably have a book laying on your yeah, chest. I
0: could. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, so you work with this team, you get them functioning. How long did you stay in that role? I stayed in that role for um, almost eight years. Oh, wow!
1: Um, the team went from missing deadlines to a hundred percent all the time, every time. Um, we learned to work together. I We had a lot of cultural differences. Mm. Uh, we had people from, uh, that were originally from different countries that worked on that team. And so I learned how to bring cultures, the different cultures into the workplace. The first thing I did was everybody, just about everybody loves food. So to get us to communicate one day, I suggested, okay, why don't each one of us bring a dish that's related to our culture and we're gonna share it.
0: Finding uh, commonality in food uh, to to bring cultures together. That's what we need today, to find things that we have in common and instead of things that are divisive and things that, that, that tear us apart. Another great leadership strategy uh, by Yvette. That is amazing.
1: And we sat around at lunch and we taste it. And we shared what we liked, what we didn't like, what felt strange, what didn't. And, and you know, through that, people started realizing we're not that different.
0: That's right. Now I have to ask you that because see, I know about the wonderful dinners you had growing up. You right. told me about that. Right. What did you bring? Do you remember? I
1: think, I think I had, I think I cheated and had somebody in my family make some good collard greens. Oh, oh. you
0: can't be good collard greens. <laughs> oh,
1: because it's a wonderful. Southern dish. Yeah. I knew that we had vegetarians yep. on our our, on our team, oh, well, okay, and but I knew that they would enjoy the taste. Of really Something like well, that, I,
0: but the problem is what I didn't hear. I didn't hear anything about cornbread with those.
1: Collard. Well, yeah, I did do the cornbread <laughs> too. I did, I did, I did, I
0: did. But you know, but for, see, for those of you that are not from the south, there is nothing better you got to know how to make it. Though, oh, right? absolutely, then, then, then collard greens and, and cornbread that has that crust around, around it the edge. Cage. Absolutely,
1: oh, man. my grandmother always said, if you can't make good cornbread, you can't make good dressing.
0: That's exactly right. And your grandmother <laughs> was brilliant, that's exactly right. So so eight years you were there.
1: I was there eight years and I grew so much um, professionally and personally do, during that time. I, I think that um, the challenges, the, the, uh, the learning to how to bring a team together Mm-hmm. it made a difference um, for me personally So, but I also noticed something during that time is that I work for a small business now you have to understand with a, a, with a government contractor a small business can be still making 40-50 million dollars a year yeah. and still be considered a small business and, but I noticed something about small businesses in that industry they did not have very strong leadership programs mm-hmm. in house mm-hmm. and so I've said why why not? start something where I can go in to other companies and other small businesses and help them develop their leadership program. There was a passion in me for that teaching part that I swore I would never do. My mama was an educator. Remember I said That's I would right. never be an educator. Right. But then as I started facilitating and traveling with the with the with the government on those uh technical training uh, opportunities, that passion for leadership and seeing people develop. I watched the team Start to grow and develop, yes. and it just put a, a made me excited. Mm. Now, of course, as a woman, you're you're talking about the barriers. There were some places where, in situations, even on that team, where there were some men that had a difficult time answering to a woman.
0: I'm sure. Sure.
1: As a leader. Yeah. And that that was challenging for yeah. me. But it helped me, like I, uh, I said before, it helped me begin to find myself even more. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and uh, find your confidence and your value.
1: Absolutely. Right? be Not be afraid to say, speak up. You know, mm-hmm. what you're doing is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even in a situation where they felt smarter or, you know, thought they should be the one in control and not me, I, I even learned how to sit at a table. Table when I went to a meeting, to make sure I took my own space around me and made it mine, to show that I belonged at that table. Wow, that's good. Even even that for is women, good. many times we approach things and we we we'll close in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we take the fur- the seat furthest from the back instead of closer to the front. And sometimes it's an emotional thing because we have been told we're not good enough or not smart enough, or we really didn't deserve that job or you only got it because you, you were a woman and they had to hire a woman instead of
0: I got it because I deserved it. That's right. And I worked for it. And you have, have now spent your life and your time helping women to learn to lead right I that's, mean, what I what you, that's
1: what i do that's what i do now, now? That, oh that's my passion i am uh i just love that so much i we've re, i've gotten uh, together with a group of women that are engineers we've written books for women in leadership mm-hmm. uh and regarding how to um handle an industry that's male dominated right but take your place as a leader that's right and not shy away or, or be fearful about taking your place as a leader. Yeah. Um, one of our books, if I, you know not mind me sharing, it's called oh. TLC, Teams, Leaders and Change, Accelerating Women in STEM. Mm-hmm. And what we do in that book is teach women how to look at the environment around them and do, do a, a SWOT analysis on themselves mm-hmm. to understand what are my strengths? What are, what are my weaknesses? What opportunities do I have?
0: Now, you know. if someone's listening, Yvette, and they wanted to read this book, TLC, how would they get it?
1: Oh, they can get it on Amazon. It's available on Amazon paperback or electronic copy. <laughs> it is available on Amazon.
0: Beautiful. So if you're listening and you want a great book on women in leadership, TLC, I love it.
1: And, and we also, we ended up doing another book where we interviewed 11 different women. And it's, uh, we interviewed, uh, and it's called, um, um, Oh, gosh, I'm drawing blank. How can I forget the name of my book? Living um, um, Leadership. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry, Larry. Okay. I keep talking. We'll, to come back it'll to it come me. back to you. Yeah. Right. We'll go right back right. to you. Right. Okay. But in that book, we interviewed 11 different women, mm-hmm. and each one of them shares their story of the barriers they had to overcome as a leader in the marketplace
0: that's powerful right there yeah Uh huh. all right and
1: uh and from that and that one is also available online if you just google my name and i apologize nope. i've got so many bu- fact, books
0: and notes let's do this so so robin we'll put that in the show notes let's let's drop the name we'll we'll get that name and put it down in the show notes so people can get, get okay it. that's thank a great you. book right there 11 women talk about overcoming obstacles. And let me say this, and, and as we turn the corner, and our, I, where is our time going? Back? I know, you it's just, already over with. just I, got here. But but I, I want to pick your brain, and as you think about obstacles for a minute, what are some of the, maybe one, maybe two, uh, some of the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome to, to get to where you are today is this wonderful leader who's helping others, speaking into the lives of women and men. Um, but hasn't come easy for you, you've had to work at it, you've had to earn it. What are some of the things you've had to overcome to get here?
1: Um, One of the things I felt like I had to overcome, and I think many women do, is our self-worth in the marketplace. Um, and people may say, oh, that should be easy. You've got degrees. You know, I have a doctorate, I have a, ma- a two masters, a doctorate, I have an engineering degree. You should know your worth. But in, in, a, in a place sometimes or in situations where, where you are overlooked or you can make that same suggestion in a meeting and no one hears it, someone else or a male makes that same suggestion mm-hmm. and it's a great idea you begin to lose your confidence. So my thing was regaining my confidence in my capabilities and who I was. That was so good. And something that helped me, in fact, a friend of mine helped me with that um, not too long ago was she said, list all of the accomplishments you have made over the last 30 years. Just write down the things. And um, book, writing a book. Yeah. Not everyone has written a book. No. And I've either written or co-written over seven books. In fact, there was uh, mm-hmm. Women in Leadership Living Beyond the Challenges was the one that we congr- pulled all of the information together for the 11 women. What I learned from each one of those women was balleting through their identity and their worth.
0: Mm, and their worth. And you got the title. Came back to you, didn't it? Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, I think, is so significant, though, because, you know, that's not something that's tangible that we can see. But, but I think most women, and, and I use that, you know, that's really too general. It's a generalization. But many women struggle with self-worth because of the environment that they have grown in because of, of of the nature of the business world, the perceptions and all that. So even though you've accomplished all of these things you've just shared, I sometimes struggle with that myself. I, I exactly I had to go back and
1: and 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 realign um my accomplishments and, and know that you're put on this earth for a reason. Something that I reminded myself of as a leader, and I tell anyone, male or female, every one of us has a different fingerprint. Mm. And each one of us are here on this earth to leave a different mark.
0: That's Stop so good.
1: comparing yourself to others. That is so good. Because then we become counterfeits Yeah. instead of the real person that we're supposed to be. And once I gained that, because even in the marketplace as a business owner, I have been in situations where I felt like um, I wasn't given the opportunity because I was a, a female, and they didn't feel like a woman could come in and tell men how to be better leaders. It has happened. You know, oh, okay. people may deny that fact, but but, but it's, but it's real.
0: Yeah, it's there. That culture's there. The undercurrent. Oh, ab- absolutely, is there. absolutely. It, it, it doesn't matter that most of the time that's based on the insecurity of the man. It still happens. It's the it still truth.
1: happens. It yeah. still happens. And so, so once once we get into the place where we know who we are, yeah, and what our capabilities are. We, we we know what our strengths are and we know how we're here to make a difference we know how we're here to to be on this earth to leave a mark then you can get past all the other stuff
0: mm. I'm we're about to have church right here this is good <laughs> stuff I, I'm telling you thank you for this and such nuggets of truth and if you don't take away from this podcast anything else as a listener listen be who you are you have a unique Fingerprint. Don't compare yourself to others. That is a powerful piece of wisdom from this great leader, Dr. Yvette Rice. Thank you so much for, for coming today and sharing. And I've enjoyed you. Oh, my goodness. And I've learned and I always learn. I've taken a page of notes. And uh, I want to thank you for your time and your heart and your wisdom today. Larry,
1: thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I just I'm telling you, and I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, but I'm going to tell them they need to read crowd crossing the line. And you you. also need to go back and read Making a Difference. Mm. Um, Both of those books, the Making a Difference was an introductory to my growth in leadership. And I just want to thank you for being Mm. the one that left that mark on the earth for Mm. us. That
0: means so much to me. And I thank you for sharing that. We'll look forward to coming together again. Let's do it again. Okay. All right. I don't know if you could tell, but I just had a blast. That was so much fun. Uh, Dr. Yvette Rice is an amazing lady and an incredible leader. I always learned something from her. And and today, as she talked about her destiny, what God has called her to do, and when she thought there was a a curvy way or a curvy path in her life, no. She she said it was a straight path forward to what God had in store for her. And uh, it is rare. To see uh, a woman of faith at this season of her life, who is still so passionate about her God, it was so fun to to talk with her and to learn from her. It was good to hear about her books. Make sure you check those out. They're in the. Uh, you'll see a couple of her books down in our show notes, and you wanna you wanna read that. But I, I learned that you know. Uh, it, it's a powerful thing when we don't feel valued, and her call, her her leadership to women uh, everywhere is very, very powerful and encouraging women to find your self-worth and to understand how valuable you are and not to let anyone take that away from you because God gave you an individual fingerprint and don't compare that to anyone else. Boy, that's powerful stuff. So thank you so much for being a part of this. I certainly had a blast today. I've learned some things. I hope you have too. And I hope that it will help you to continue to cross the line in order to make a difference in the lives of those you love, live with, and lead.